From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. A lot of people have spent time speaking for and about Lamar Jackson. But the superstar quarterback came out yesterday and made it clear that he's going to end speculation by speaking for himself. Now what? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Your smart speakers, all you got to do is tell them, hey, go out there and play ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Okay, Harry, we'll get to Lamar in a second. It's a special edition, though, bro, because it's Friday the 13th. All right, we're going to do some scary-themed stuff across the day. You know how much I love Halloween. You know how much I love horror movies. They got to tell the world. We were in L.A., right? Didn't tell Harry I was going to tell the story. We're in L.A. We got a little <laughs> downtime, and I was like, oh, let's go see a movie. And so we walk in, and Megan is the only movie that we can go see. And he's like, well, what's Megan? And I was like, oh, it's like a horror movie. And he looks at me, he's like, nah. Now, now we did, Harry got the, you know, what's to go in and, and decide he was going to check out this movie. But I found I found out something near and dear about my friend and my, my radio co-host that we do not share the same passion as I sit here in a Michael Myers shirt on Friday the 13th for scary things, my friend. Like, I'm in it. You're not. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of scary movies. Uh, only because, you know, when I used to, used to watch them as a kid, I used to have like, you know, little nightmares here and there and. I just didn't like the, the way they made me feel afterwards. So uh, I do not watch scary movies at all. I, uh, fits at any point in time watching the movie Megan, which was actually funny as I don't know what. If it would have got real in there, I would have walked out on you. Yeah, you didn't tell me. Like, own, like he got he, first and foremost, Harry uh, educated me on the best way to reserve seats when two uh, grown ass men go to the movies together, uh, which was great. But he ordered the popcorn and the snacks and had everything going, and he just looked at me. He's like, "Bro, if this gets scary, I'm just getting up and walking out." Like, so you know, I, here, here's here's Harry Douglas playing the NFL, getting scared. Uh, but you're right, Megan was actually like all these people told me it was great. We spent more time laughing in the theater yeah. than we did actually terrified of of anything. Uh, there's nothing to laugh about when it comes to the situation between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, my friend, because uh, obviously we talked about everything that John Harbaugh said. And remember, this is what John Harbaugh said, specifically the Ravens head coach, when he was asked this question. I don't have any really thing to add on that. No updates at this time. Because fans do it. They, they go and they say, oh, this has to be contract related. What do you say to fans that think that that's the reason of this? I don't really have anything to say to them right now because I'm focusing on the game. You know, really, I mean, that's really, that's what we're focusing on. So that's it, really. And that reaction, Harry, caused a lot of us to look at it and say, what are you talking about? What do we not know? And now, all of a sudden, we get a statement from Lamar Jackson making it very clear that he is not playing because he can't play because of a PCL injury. Like, Lamar came out and basically said, if y'all are going to talk, I'm going to answer. 100%. And I will say this, and I knew this was going to come. As soon as I heard the way, you know, John Harbaugh spoke about the entire situation and he said basically his focus is on trying to win the football game. Now, in my eyes, him saying that is basically saying Lamar Jackson isn't a part, you know, of us winning this football game because he's not going to play. So in so many words, why am I even up here talking about him? The flip side of that is that Lamar Jackson is the face of your franchise. He is your quarterback. He's everything and means everything to the Baltimore Ravens. Your entire offense is revolved around Lamar Jackson. If he wasn't on that football team, you're not going to win football games, and that's imperative because we've seen that 
uh, transpired the last two years, last year, the last few games of the season, this year, since he's been out since week 14, you haven't been able to, you know, hold the fort together. And when he left this season, they were number one in the AFC North. They're no longer number one in the AFC North. That's now the Cincinnati Bengals. They haven't been able to score points and the offense haven't looked in sync since Lamar Jackson went out as well. So, you know, Lamar Jackson means so much uh, more than a lot of people probably think to the Baltimore Ravens. And a lot of people think very highly of Lamar Jackson and what he means. But I think he means that much more because he is the key to, that starts the engine. He is the engine to the car, honestly. And for uh, your head coach not to have his star players back in that moment and then for Lamar Jackson to have to go on Twitter and explain to a lot of people why he isn't playing and what's transpiring and what's going on, I think it's just sad. And I, th- I don't think it's going to stop there. I think now you're going to have some friction between a head coach and also uh, the star quarterback in the, in the face of the franchise. And potentially, you know, Lamar Jackson might not be there. But I know f- for a fact Lamar Jackson probably feels some type of way about his head coach not taking up for him or having his back in that moment. Yeah, well, and, and so much of this comes down to the statement which Lamar tweeted, thank you for everyone for your support and concerns regarding my injuries. I want to give you all an update as I'm in the recovery process. I've suffered a PCL grade 2 sprain on the borderline of a strain 3. There's still inflammation surrounding my knee, and my knee remains unstable. I'm still in good spirits as I continue with treatments on the road to recovery. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give 100% of myself to my guys and fans. I'm still hopeful we have a chance. I say that because somebody on this show, we're going to call him Mr. Cleo, somebody, one Harry Douglas, was on Keyshawn J. Will and Max all the way back, all the way back on December 8th. And we pulled the receipts. This is what you said about this injury all the way back on December 8th. Lamar Jackson suffered a sprained uh, PCL. Um, Which a lot of people are downplaying. It's really bothering me. That was during Sunday's win over Denver. <laughs> PCL, PCL injuries. He'll be but, back. So Right, but PCL injuries, oftentimes it's one to three weeks. So why, why does it bother you that people well, are just downplaying? Just because of the way Lamar Jackson plays. And if I don't have a, if I don't have a 90% Lamar Jackson, then I don't know. Am I risking that? Mm. Call me now for your free tarot reading. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a bit like, uh, first but, and but, foremost, but, but, uh, Devin, really... play that again. One more time. One more time. Call me now for your free tarot reading. Oh, I love Miss Cleo. But Go bro, ahead. It, it, it was really bothering me how, you know, on every media outlet, they were just saying that, you know, Lamar Jackson is potentially going to be back in three weeks. And, and for the Ravens to come out and say that, too, it just bothered the hell out of me because, you know, having a major knee injury my second year in 2009 where in one play it was an ACL, an MCL, meniscus, and a bone fracture in one play. But the guy I rehabbed with had a torn PCL, and I seen, you know, the pain and the gruesomeness that he had to go through and was never the same after that injury. I, I just said to myself, it, it's not going to be as simple as a lot of people think, and a lot of people probably think it is. Lamar Jackson just, hey, he's going to sit out some time, and he's going to be back just like that and be jolly, and he's going to be Lamar Jackson. No, it doesn't work like that with a PCL injury or any kind of knee injury when you're dealing with a guy like Lamar Jackson with his elusiveness and the way he plays the game of football at a high level. It doesn't work like that. I keep going back to such a simple thing here. But I asked you yesterday, I asked you how you would respond if somebody in the media asked you about me being out, you know, and your answer was so simple. There's a guy that I know loves uh, being here and doing this show with me, and he's a guy that's going to put his all into it and – if he was able to be here, he would be here. Mm. Um, obviously, something must be, be going on with him for him not to be here right now. All Harbaugh had to do was say that. And That's he didn't. It, 
and now you got your quarterback. Like it's funny. I, I went in last night to Snapchat, and uh, we we were going to do a segment on Lamar. And one of the producers of it had put this statement in, and with the whole conversation about the Ravens, and I said, "You do realize that this statement was a clapback, and nobody else in the room had even thought of that." So we pulled up the Harbaugh audio, and everybody who saw it heard it, and immediately the entire room changed in the way they thought about this statement. This wasn't just Lamar Jackson coming out and making a statement about his health. This was Lamar Jackson making a statement about his health and about his coach's inability to get his back when he was asked directly about it. This, to me, proves that Lamar Jackson not only knows he's hurt, but also knows that the Ravens are not defending him the way they should when they are sitting in front of microphones, and that is the type of thing that fractures a relation permanently. Bro, that's why I always say when it comes to these players, look out for yourself because the organization is going to do everything in their power to look out for them, and in this case, it's the Baltimore Ravens. John Harbaugh may have fractured or fractured a relationship with a quarterback who is a superstar in this league because of one simple thing. He didn't have his back in the case in which Lamar Jackson can't go this weekend in a wild card game against the Cincinnati Bengals. It's more it's more than football to just X's and O's. And I understand. I always say, you know, players have no no room for feelings in this game. Well, I think this is a different case, Uh, maybe one or two percent. When you're the star player and you know all eyes are on you right now, this moment, this weekend, uh, especially this ball game, and you know you can't go and you know you're hearing chatter from everyone else and what it can be and every media outlet, you need your head coach to, 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 to stand up for you. You need your head coach to speak for you on your behalf. And that can carry a lot of weight and go a long ways if he does do that in the right manner. Tell me the last time. A 25, 26-year-old, former MVP, still superstar quarterback, was absolutely just dumped on by his head coach and by his organization while he's rehabbing an injury. I mean, this just, it blows my mind because... Now, I, now check this out, Fitz. You know the, the, the training staff in Baltimore, one, their head trainer, um, I was with him in Tennessee, their assistant head trainer. He was my head trainer when I was in Atlanta with the Falcons. So, you know, one call, that's all. You know that commercial, one call, that's mm-hmm. all? One call, that's all, baby, to, to both of them. And I can get all <laughs> the information I need. One call, that's all, baby. That's the beauty about, you know, being able to do media and having these relationships with people. We've seen it with the DeMar Hamlin situation. I was able to call the head trainer for the Cincinnati Bengals, right, that next morning. And he told me a few things. Now, some things I'm able to share, some things I'm not able to share because, you know, their job is on the line still. But, you know, that's the beauty of having these relationships, man. That's why I love my co-host, Harry Douglas. Uh, We do have some breaking news from Adam Schefter in the last couple of minutes. Skylar Thompson officially starting for the Dolphins versus the Bills on Sunday. And speaking of injury news, also, the Chargers have ruled out Mike Williams, wide receiver for Saturday's game versus Jacksonville due to his back injury. Lord have mercy. I mean. Brandon Staley. Ooh, he. You got Ooh. some. Brandon, you got some explaining to do. I mean. Ooh, he hotter than a, than, a, than a pan of fish grease on the stove right now. Brandon Ooh. Staley's Ooh. not even going to sit on the toilet to you know what. Every seat's hot around him right now. Be Ooh. a part of Fitz and Harry Nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Call us. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. Uh, Obviously, we've got a lot of playoff action to get into. But coming up, why Cowboys star pass rusher Micah Parsons might be rushing for a place to hide after his last comments. You'll hear him. We'll break him down. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio.
Bates and Harry, the podcast. Monday night football, playoffs, Cowboys at Bucks. That was as uh, thorough a butt kicking as we've had this year. We're going to find out if that'll get you ready or not. They're mad at me because they said they're soft. This whole team's soft, but they are. Dallas Cowboys don't put back-to-back stinkers together like this. you got to start with the most important thing, which is Dak Prescott's interceptions. That has to change if they want to make it far in the playoffs. The highest pressure cooker of any team in the entire league and try to beat the greatest of all time, that's a very tough sell for the Dallas Cowboys. There's a fine line between confidence, cockiness, poking the belly of the beast. And sometimes you got to know how to dance that line in the NFL, especially when you're getting ready to take on the greatest of all time. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Just tell them to play ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You guys can chime in, hang out with us, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Harry? Micah Parsons has become polarizing and mm-hmm. look no farther than the fact that the first ever uh, player voted on all pro listing did not have Micah Parsons on it, right? The AP uh, poll came out today, the AP all pros, and they do have Micah Parsons on it, right? So uh, maybe players are sort of rolling their eyes a little bit. And if they were rolling their eyes a little bit, they're rolling them even more now because Micah Parsons said this at his press conference about taking on Tom Brady and the Bucks. You know, it's always cool to go against Brady because none of us know when his last game is. So, you know, so hopefully, you know, we get the win. And, you know, I'm, we get the known for being him last. If not, we'll probably see him again next year. We know how he is. So, you know, that's what it's about. But, I mean, he's just a, just like any other quarterback. He believes the same way he throw. You know, he's just a better quarterback than most. So, um, you know, the challenge is higher. <laughs> now, I will say this. I'll say this, Fitz. Um I love Michael Parsons and the way he plays the game of football, very, very high level. 13 and a half sacks this year, 10, uh, top 10 in the National Football League. He's a game wrecker. He's someone you have to account for. And I'm also taking into consideration that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line, which has been depleted this season and hasn't been, you know, the most dynamic and hasn't been, you know, fairly good for the entire 2022 season. But the end of the day, when I look at, when I hear this sound, and I'm saying to myself, okay, the Dallas Cowboys are going against Tom Brady, a team that they lost the last two games versus um, when they played one another. And I'm also looking at a guy in Tom Brady, right, who's the greatest of all time, who's the GOAT, who has seven Super Bowl wins. I don't think you want to give him any type of motivation. Now, granted, these players still have to go out on the football field, mano y mano, and, you know, the offensive line has to block him. He still has to make the plays. And in the first matchup this season, you know, Michael Parsons has had two sacks in that game. I get it all. But at this juncture in the season when the Dallas Cowboys, you know, have not been playing their best football offensively or defensively or on special teams, I, I, I just wouldn't give a guy like Tom Brady motivation. And we can sit up here and say all we want to that Tom Brady is not listening to this. That, that's BS because we've all seen Tom's Brady social media – platform he he feeds off all of it and he's shown us that over the years by a lot of his posts I wouldn't give Tom Brady at this moment at this juncture in the season playoff football any motivation any more motivation to want to go out there and beat me as a team now he's already going to be motivated because you know these are the moments that he lived for he came back for another season to try to compete for a Super Bowl 
But if I'm Michael Parsons, sometimes it's okay. It's okay to just take the high road and just, you know, just be quiet. It's okay, man. From, you know, the Brittany Griner situation and him sending a tweet from, you know, the, the, the rookie show that they did leading up to the draft. He was the one always talking. And granted, that has nothing to do with his play on the football field because he is a pro's pro. He is a electrifying player that a lot of teams would love to have right now. And he's amazing. And he's going to be amazing for a ton of years. But it's okay sometimes just to, you know, eat that little humble pie and just be quiet because you are going against somebody in which Tom Brady, who has 35 playoff wins, to your zero. So I would humble myself a little bit when it comes to, you know, the Tom Brady uh, aspect of things. Now, there's some context, I think, required here. Uh, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Uh, you guys can chime in on the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I think of two things when I hear you talking about this. Number one, chip, like chip on the shoulder. And the greats will manufacture a chip out of nothing. We laugh about the, the the fact that I can watch great coaches, great quarterbacks, great players come out and talk about being disrespected when, in fact, it's been quite the opposite. So anything you say can or will be used against you in the court of chip on my shoulder for great athletes. They'll twist now, now, really quick, it. They'll turn it. Go finish. ahead. Yeah. Now, really quick before you finish. Now, I'm not going to sit up here and say what Michael Parsons said is egregious and no. outrageous and crazy. No, I'm not saying that by any means because I do think it's very minor. But still, it's who you are saying it to. It's who you're talking about. You're talking it, about Tom Brady, a guy who feeds off everything. It's basic keep keep his name out your mouth. Like there's just no yes. there's no benefit in saying anything other than Tom's the greatest of all time, excited to go up against him. That's it. Like Bingo. Tom's the greatest of all time, excited to go up against him over and over Bingo. and over again. And and the other part of the context I think people need here, and I know this about my my, my brother on, on the other side of this show, I have asked multiple people that I know that played the game, who is one of or the biggest trash talker they've ever met in their life. Harry Douglas's name comes up all the time. So like uh, when you say you got to be careful what you say, I think it's important for people to realize that, you know, Harry's humble, uh, Harry's, uh, you know, he's kind, he's all of these things on radio. But we all know around the game of football, you you talk that talk, right? Like so yeah. when you when you've got somebody yep. that's lived as a talker coming in saying this isn't the time to talk, I think that's important. It, it is, but Fitz, I also understood where I needed to do my talking at. I did it all on the football field. Mm. I never did it within the media, mm. right? You know, I never did it to, to give a, the opposing team bulletin board material. But I may, you know, once I get tackled on the play or I catch a football or something, I may whisper something to the DB, DBs here, a little sweet nothings, a little sweet nothings oh. here and there. Whisper. But you know what I mean? Or, or if I get a cut block, I, guys, you know, ass overhead and – on the ground, I may whisper something in his ear and tell him how I feel about him. You know, little things like that. But I'm never gonna. I never did say anything within the media while I was being interviewed or anything to give an opposing team, you know, motivation. Especially not during playoff time. And, and especially when you are facing the pressure that the Cowboys face. Like, yeah, this just speaks to the little things, right? Like, there's just this moment of as boring as every cliche is. Uh, there, there's a reason the cliches exist because you just don't want to create any more conversation for anybody anywhere and. Uh, uh, for anyone that hasn't heard it, Kirby Smart had a great uh, pregame speech that we could never play on radio because it is not family friendly. 
And he started yelling about what one person said as a way to get his entire team fired up. He took one statement and he used that as the moment. To me, what I wouldn't want to do is ever be the reason that somebody in a locker room gets an entire group of guys fired up. There's no win for Parsons saying anything. His play speaks for itself. In the meantime, that's only one of the games of a huge wild card weekend. The slate of chaos for the wild card weekend, including one matchup where the quarterbacks both might actually be underrated Fitz and Harry the podcast that music can mean only one thing now it's time to dance the electric slide Hey, what? The slate of chaos is here. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Slate of chaos. Why? There's just so many great games to get to. We're going to get through them all. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's how you guys get in on the fun on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. We're going to do You Got One in just a few minutes, so you guys can start calling in now. If you can only pick one thing to watch this weekend, one of these games, one thing that you're going to watch all weekend long, what's it going to be and why? Get get those phones lines stacked. Get ready. We're going to let you be part of the conversation. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Harry, you know how we do this. It's Slate mm-hmm. of Chaos time. You ready to run through some games? Let's go. We start with the first game of the weekend. Seahawks at 49ers. All right, Seahawks, 49ers, Harry. Uh, obviously, I don't know. That might not be the first week game of the weekend. It's the first one on my board. Let's say it that yeah, it's way. The, it's the first game. Okay, look at that. Yep. Uh, Seahawks, 49ers. 49ers, somebody that you and I just put at the top of our NFL playoff committee poll. How does, how does Seattle pull this out? Well, number one, they got to be able to watch, uh, match the physicality of the San Francisco 49ers. When you watch this San Francisco team play from offensive, defensive, and special teams, they're very, very, very physical. From their offensive line, defensive line, uh, their safeties coming down and making tackles, their linebackers shooting the gaps and being able to run north, uh, north and south and east and west. Also, you look at the run game. Once the San Francisco 49ers get up on you uh, 10 points, they're going to rush the football the rest of the game. And that's what they've been able to do. And you look at the last two matchups between these two teams, and, you know, Seattle rushed for 36 yards in the first matchup, and San Francisco went for 189 and two touchdowns. In the second matchup, Seattle only had 70 yards, and San Francisco had 170 and a touchdown. But also, you know, Seattle had four turnovers in the two games, and San Francisco uh, didn't turn the football over. And I think that's very imperative. Geno Smith has been a guy, I think, recently that has been turning the football over. We look at that game against the Los Angeles Rams and having those two interceptions and previous to that in certain games. And then you look at the game against the Carolina Panthers where they laid an egg. So they're lucky to get into the playoffs. But I think for this team, you have to be balanced offensively for the Seattle Seahawks. But then also take advantage of the aggressiveness of people like Hufunga, the safety for the 49ers, who we've seen can get beat on the play because, you know, he's aggressive. Um, from the defensive backfield. Also, I think a matchup that I think is key in this in this game is DK Metcalf versus Shavarius Ward, the corner of San Francisco. He's going to have to, DK that is, win his one-on-one matchups and take advantage of that matchup because he is a bigger-bodied guy 
that is very, very physical. Now, the, the only thing that, that I will, the rebuttal I will have to that is that, you know, Shavarius Ward, when he was in Kansas City, all they did was play man coverage. But he's also, you know, aggressive at the point of attack, in which, it, which is the line of scrimmage. So DK has to win that matchup in this game. Yeah, well, look, all of these matchups we're seeing this weekend, we've seen throughout the course of the year. The 49ers won both of those matchups this year. The, the Seahawks have struggled to generate points. They struggle to generate offense against this 49ers defense. Harry, it just feels to me like a bad matchup. And that's unfortunate because... Frankly, I would love to see Kenneth Walker III do the unthinkable. Uh, I just don't know that they're going to have a way to get that done. Let's move to the Saturday night game on the set on the slate of chaos. Chargers at Jaguars. This, to me, is the best game of the weekend. Like, I'm going to answer the question. You got one in a few minutes. Like, the one that I'm watching this weekend, Chargers at Jags. It's the one where you got two healthy young quarterbacks. It's the one where you got two teams that, uh, frankly, have a lot on the line in the world of pressure. I, I think this is a hell of a game. And I, the Jags, the way they're playing offensively right now, scurry. Yeah, you're looking at two quarterbacks who need a hair tie to put their hair in a ponytail at some point, uh, whenever that may be, when they go to the beach, you know, when uh, they're taking a shower, I don't know. But you look at both of these young quarterbacks finally making the playoffs for the first time, right? Justin Herbert is in his third year. He has had a phenomenal career up until this point, but has not made the postseason until this moment. Trevor Lawrence having a season last year with Urban Meyer as his head coach and doubting himself this offseason until Doug Peterson came in and, you know, built that confidence and helped him build that confidence to the point that where you look at Trevor Lawrence and the way he's played like the last eight or nine games, it's been phenomenal. And I mean phenomenal. Now, when I look at the Los Angeles Chargers and the way they play defense, they love to play man coverage, right? They play man coverage uh, at the second highest rate in the National Football League. The only rebuttal to that is Trevor Lawrence is the second best quarterback versus man coverage. So something has to give in this game. Uh, Zay Jones, Kristen Kurt, all those receivers, uh, I'm trying to think who am I missing receiver-wise for them. Oh, Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones. All three of those guys in the first matchup had touchdowns in, in that game. So I want to see, you know, if the defense can do something differently. They're also not a good run defense. So I'm looking forward to seeing if Jacksonville is going to be committed to the run. Last time they played, James Robinson was the running back. Now it's Travis Etienne. Is he going to be able to go over 100 yards and provide a spark in that manner as well? Yeah, the way that offense is playing, it's explosive to watch. I think the Chargers have their hands full. Let's get one more in on this exercise, the slate of chaos. Giants at Vikings. There's two teams that everybody says aren't any good, and they're two teams playing in the playoffs. So somebody's going to prove somebody wrong. Yeah, I think for the Giants' perspective, I think it's more so about their defensive line. Trying to force Kirk Cousins to turn the football over like we just seen recently when he played against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football, right? He had three interceptions and one fumble in that game. And, you know, we all know the dark cloud hanging over Kirk Cousins is that when things go wrong, they go wrong. The flip side of that, when things go right for Kirk Cousins, things go right. And you have a uh, defensive coordinator for the Giants in Week Martindale who loves to send the blitz, who loves to play man coverage. Now, that's why I think it's imperative for, you know, guys like Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, Leonard Williams, uh, Aziz Ojalari. Those guys are going to have to get pressure on Kirk Cousins to force mistakes. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. We're going to have all eyes on Kirk. He was 34-48 for 299 yards and three touchdowns in the first matchup. Also interested to see if they can establish the run, they being the Giants more. Uh, Daniel Jones was 30-42 in that game. I don't think the dream scenario has Daniel Jones throwing 42 times. But that also lets you know how bad the Vikings defense is if Daniel Jones could throw for 340-plus. Yeah, 100%. Saquon only with 14 carries in that. I wonder if that'll flip around uh, in the course of this game.
Name Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits on one of the country's top works, uh, workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to prog- progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. All right. I teased it out earlier. Triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. We're gonna let you take over the show. If you could only watch one of the games this weekend, you only get one. Which one would it be? Also, one rule change that's about to kick in for the NFL that is just maddeningly stupid. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and uh, Fitz and Harry—that's the name of the show on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel eighty. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's another busy weekend in sports. Games. There's games. You like games? I like games. But you can only pick one game to watch. What is it and why? Game time! Game! This is Got One Friday. Yeah, Fitz. You know what song that is. It's Freaky Friday, baby. I don't know how I feel about it. Like, what, what, what is this dancing thing you do? It's like, I, I, like... I mean, I, it's weird. It's right okay. Now, it's okay. We're, yeah, I'm going right to take now, you Aaron out. Douglas is doing I'm like take you out. He's doing the inflatable guy that's out there. That's like you know the car the car dealership inflatable. You're going to take me out. <laughs> it's Friday the 13th, aka Freaky Friday for us all, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, now guys, I don't know what you do in your spare time, but you know it's Freaky Friday for me. Well, I don't. I mean, my spare time, I sit there and throw a ball at my dog for two hours while she stares at me longingly. Like, that's it. That's, a, that's, a, that's the extent of my wild fright. Like, I don't live like Harry Douglas. I mean, that's why I need them sideline passes in Hotlanta so that I can Uh-oh. come down and, uh, you know, I can get weird with you in in, in Hotlanta. And the more times I say Hotlanta, the more uncomfortable everybody gets listening. Yeah, so please I really stop feel like, that. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, you guys know the drill. It's pretty easy. Fitz and Harry, uh, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry, uh, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. It's simple. If you can only watch one game this week, it can be any sport. It can be whatever you want. You can only watch one this weekend. What's it going to be? Like, whoever in your life comes to you and says, look, TV's not coming on for more than one game. What is the game and why? We're going to take your calls. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. Let's go Tyler in Michigan. Tyler, what you got? Thanks for calling the show, man. Boom, baby. I made it on the Harry and Fitz show. I'm excited. I love listening to you That's guys. right. You did make it um, on the Harry and Fitz show, my man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go, man, go. Harry Douglas, I love your takes, man. Fitz, I respect you, too. It's nice hearing your humble opinions. So, um, look, I, I would say if I had to choose one game just because growing up as a kid, I love Tom Brady and the Patriots. The first Super Bowl I remember is the Pats versus the Panthers. So I got to say, man, it's got to be the Bucks versus the Cowboys because I just want my man Brady to make one more run. You know, and I, and it's like he's almost not being talked about. You know, it's Mahomes, Lawrence, all of them, and, and they're forgetting the fact that we have the GOAT still in the playoffs. Oh, Tyler, thanks for the call. So many things here. Number one, like what we were using, like a kid's like pay, like play play phone. Like it was a playset phone, right? Like that was a playset phone. Big facts. Number two. I, I, the be, show is be Fitz nice and Harry, not you Harry be, and Fitz. You be nice to Tyler, it's okay? Fitz I like and you, Tyler. Devin, get ready for that big facts drop again. The show name is Fitz and Harry. <laughs> big facts. You just said nobody's talking about Tom Brady. You need to listen to ESPN more because that's all we ever talk about. <laughs> big facts. And uh, most importantly, I love what he said there where he was like, oh, Harry, I love your takes. And Fitz, I respect you too, man. Like, <laughs> big facts. <laughs> 
HD. I don't know how I feel about this. Let's take more calls, man. Let's take more to? calls. Right, I look. love the people. I love the people, man. Curtis in Illinois. Tread lightly, Curtis. Curtis, be kind to me, Curtis. Curtis in Illinois hanging out with us on Fitz and Harry. What you got, man? Thanks for calling the show. How we doing, guys? I think uh, the one game that I'm going to watch and pay most attention to is the uh, the Chargers and Jags game tomorrow night. Um, I think, you know, they, they I just got an ESPN report that said Mike Williams is officially out. Uh, so, you know, they lose their, their 50-50 guy. Uh, you know, the Jags are, are uh, you know, 5-0 and over the last five games, and uh, they're on a hot streak. And I'm, I'm really, really excited to, to watch that game and see how it plays out. Thanks. Oh, great call. And, like, Harry, I, I mean, I said it earlier, I think this game has everything you could ask to, to be the best game of the weekend. But that Mike Williams thing is going to be part of the conversation the entire game. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this game as well. Now, I'm actually going to be at a concert tomorrow night. I'm going to watch Future, right? But I'm going to have my one of my AirPods in one ear and the football game on my phone in, in one of my hands, but I'm going to have my other hand raised in the air with my left ear listening to the music going on in the concert. So I'm still going to be tuned in. That's how much I love sports. That's how much I love football. But I also want to go to this concert because I got these free tickets. Now, oh, free. I do they think were free this tickets. Is, okay. Yeah, free tickets, I'm, of course. I'm Harry Douglas, man. Let's be sweet. Serious, are man. they sweet tickets you you riding in? Of course in the they are. Okay. Free yeah, sweet. sweet tickets. Can't get me on the sideline, but you can get a free sweet. Go ahead. Show, show could. But I'm looking forward to this game because we have these two young, phenomenal, you know, quarterbacks in the National Football League. And I want to see how those guys are going to perform, you know, under pressure. Because I think it's pressure on both guys. Now, more pressure, more so on Justin Herbert than it is Trevor Lawrence. Because of the simple fact, this is Trevor Lawrence's first trip. And no one actually expected the Jacksonville Jaguars to be here. You know, Justin Herbert, a lot of people said, you know, he can put up the numbers, but can he lead his team into the playoffs? Now he's here. Can he advance? You look at all the players, free agent-wise, and the money that the Chargers have spent on players. Mike, Mike, uh, uh, Mike Williams is not going to be in there. That's going to be a huge loss because whenever you have a guy that you can just throw the football up to and he can catch that, our caller said a 50-50 ball. How dare you disrespect wide receivers? I call it a hundred hundred ball. Whenever you have a guy like Mike Williams that could do a hunt, go get that hundred hundred ball. You're going to miss him tremendously, especially in the game where I think it's going to come down to defense as well. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. That's how you tell us the one game you absolutely have to watch this weekend. When you're watching games, you're going to notice that the overtime rules have changed in the playoffs. This is the stupidest thing I've seen the NFL do in a long time when it comes to rules, Harry. For anyone that's not familiar, now, whoever, no matter what happens on the first uh, the first possession, if the team goes in and scores, the other team gets the opportunity to match it, so touchdown can go for touchdown, and then after that, it goes sudden death. And this is stupid to me because all I can envision in my mind is the AFC Championship game, and we have the game of our lives, the best game of all time, another instant classic with Allen and Mahomes, and then it goes to overtime. Allen gets the ball, takes him down, the field touchdown oh my god and then the the Chiefs get the ball Mahomes takes him down the field touchdown oh my god look at this suddenly the next play is a kickoff return for the touchdown and the game is over you want to tell me on Monday we won't be sitting there saying how did we not give him a chance to answer that score we're gonna say the same damn things we said about it if your answer is play defense then you should have played defense at any point in overtime not after you gave both teams a chance to score get off your soapbox get off your soapbox it's dumb okay I learned from Arthur Blank, who's the owner of the Atlanta United and Atlanta Falcons. You have to innovate continuously. You have to grow. Things change. 
right? The rules have changed because everybody in their mother, everyone in their sister, everyone in their brother wanted to see Josh Allen get that football again and go down and try to score a touchdown like we've seen Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs did. That's the decision that the NFL has made, right? Both teams are going to be able to possess the football. I can simply live with the fact that, you know, a team may go down and score a touchdown. The other team gets an opportunity to get the ball. They go down and score a touchdown. Now the opposing team gets the ball. They score and they win the game. I can live with that versus not even seeing a guy like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson, if he's playing, but he's not playing this weekend, but I'm talking about further in the playoffs, if the, if the Ravens make it. Innovation. Or Justin Herbert or, or Trevor Lawrence, any of those guys get the ball with, without an opportunity, Fitz. I want to see an opportunity. Innovation for the sake of innovation is not good. Innovation has to actually anticipate every possible outcome. And I'm telling you, the Did you outcry. Read that in the dictionary? The outcry. <laughs> the outcry if Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes in that scenario doesn't get to touch the ball one more time will be the same as it was last time that happened. And all they'll end up doing is changing the rules yet again. It's why I hate it. You guys can chime in on that though. Triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Later on we'll get into a strategy change that you might see in the playoffs because because of this rule, but we're coming up. What's the one game you're watching this weekend? And are all Friday the 13th NFL playoff team on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio? Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 